Next on BYU Sports Nation, countdown to a BYU starting quarterback. Knowing what you know, what's the ideal timeline for that? Apparently, we have time for Dennis Pitta today. I'm not sure why. Who is his front runner to be the starting guy? Plus, Yahoo Sports college basketball insider Jeff Eisenberg on Jimmer's shot at returning to the NBA. All about timing, right? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The final day of July. Happy Tuesday, the 31st. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU Sports Nation's version of The Flash. Jerem Jordan. In fifth grade, I played Little League soccer, and I was so fast, according to my coach, that he called me the Flash. And but I like this liked, is a true story. Yeah, and I like that. I did shave my mustache. Why have you not acknowledged this? I, I was, that was going big, to get there. I thought that was going to be the lead. I thought that was going to be our trending topic. I, I was, was going, going to, be our to get of there. The day. Don't you see the tie-in? You have gotten rid of that weighty, hefty mustache, so now you <laughs> can run fast again. Yes. I don't claim to run any specific time. (laughs) Shots fired. I just claim to get buckets. (laughs) I play no defense. I work super hard on defense. Oh. Doesn't mean I'm good at it. I work super hard. You work super hard. You know what I can't stand in life? You're not good at it. When people don't try hard, that really bothers me. Like when it's a situation where you need to try hard. So, for example, playing pickup. You know who else is bothered by that? Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that's why Bronco and I are best friends. Okay, give me, give me give me your pickup situation. So, so when when like a guy will turn the ball over but he won't run back, it's like you turned it over. You need to be working the hardest. Like this is your fault. Okay, at what point do guys get a break though? Because it's on offense. Church basketball. It's not church basketball. It's Sorry. pickup in Sorry, a church. It's pick it just, up, it's it just pick happens to be the the place you're playing. No, it's just annoying. It's like, hey, if you turn it over, you got to hustle. Well, that's why they have the flash, so you can make amends for that. No. <laughs> Every man for himself in pickup. Thank you for shaving your mustache, by the way. Yeah. Thank I you. hesitated when I went shave. I was like, oh, oh no, you. should I give it? Thank you. It's for the best <laughs> for everyone involved. Should I give it? As for Jason Shepard, well. That's that was whole, awesome yesterday, that's right? a whole other situation. That was awesome. You got to man up and do it with us one day. <laughs> Never. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The countdown to a BYU starting quarterback is on. Football players report to fall camp tomorrow, and all of them, like us, are wondering, who's the guy? QB1, clear eyes, full hearts, good quarterback, can't lose. Jerem, how soon should BYU figure out who in the world the starting quarterback is? Two weeks or whenever you know. Okay, no more than two weeks, I say. What's the rush? But when you know, you know, okay? What if Joe Critchlow has a great first couple of days of practice, but then he just stinks the next three? Are you, like, locked in on that guy? I understand that BYU needs to get the most reps to the guy that's going to start, and the sooner you ID that, obviously, the more reps you can get that guy. But I think it'd just be a little weird to name this person too quickly. Tanner Mangum did not participate in 11-on-11 in spring. And Ed Lamb tells in a, a BYU alumni group last week that com- comments come out in the Spectrum in St. George, 
that BYU wants to name the starter by day two or three. You're telling me you're giving Tanner Mangum three days of reps of 11 on 11? That's not enough time to prove himself. Are you serious? I think BYU needs, when they know, they know. But what if that other guy just syncs it up the next week? Are you locked into that? I think it needs to be fluid until two weeks before. Then you have the last week of fall camp. You have a full week with Arizona of number one reps. Number two needs to be ready, too. We've talked about it. 40% of the time in independence, the game one starter hasn't played in a season. So the number two needs to be ready. Yeah, didn't that number climb last year, too? Well, Tanner Mangum played nine games, and he was a starter. So it was less than 40%. But the worst thing to do is name a starter too quickly or try and hide who it is because of some loony, crazy idea that it helps the preparation versus Arizona. Guess what? You don't think Arizona is going to be ready for Tanner Mangum and Joe Critchlow? You know who they won't be ready for? Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson isn't going to be the starter against Arizona. The idea of trying to hide it, it's 2018. Like Stuff comes out. One single Snapchat or Insta story of a whiteboard on accident or someone's comment, over, gone, the secret's dead. Don't even try. Just be forthright, be transparent, and all, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Did I miss something here? Did Aaron Roderick not answer this question? Well, like Ed Lamb like changed the ago. timeline. I know, but Ed Lamb is not the quarterback's coach. He is the assistant head coach. That's the discussion. Does he reflect the entire staff, or as the linebacker's coach, did he make the comment? See, I don't know everything that has been said clearly. That's behind closed doors for the coaches and for the staff only. But I'm going to go off of what the quarterback's coach told us three months ago, which is ideally you have a guy at quarterback two weeks or so before the first game. It was three-month-old information, too. Aaron did say on media day, we have a plan in place for this. But perhaps that was moved up. Like, do we think Ed is just wildly throwing out a no, timeline? It would be, maybe because if you is, discount it, that's what you're saying. Here's what I think. Ideally, you want to get the guy in there and know for a surety as soon as possible. Yes. So I think best case scenario is, yeah, we'd like to have a guy three days in. So Saturday? But that's probably not going to happen. Saturday night, they're going to know who the starter Aaron is? Aaron Roderick gave us the realistic answer, which is two weeks before game number one. Yeah. Ed Lamb gave us the ideal answer, which is, hey, if we know three days in, that would be the best case because then we can just bank on that guy and give him all the reps. Yeah. The best case is you know now. Then you go from there. They don't, clearly. Yeah. yeah. They want to know as soon as possible. Does anybody else feel like this is BYU's football's version of The Bachelor and Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick hold the final rose? I don't watch that show, so oh. I have no comment. Oh, you know what it is. You know enough about it to know what the final rose but is. You said everything that I know about that show. <laughs> Last season was a terrible offensive season. This just in, breaking. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes said, he doesn't want his staff watching film from last season when evaluating the players on the team. So with that in mind, how much should past performance play into naming the starting quarterback? I'm not sure how past performance to a degree does not play a role in naming the starting quarterback. What do the coaches watch if they can't watch spring spring ball? Is that it? Yeah. I mean, it's only spring footage. Would you watch high school? Like, that seems well, like Well, Zach be Wilson fruitless. only has high school footage. Well, they have spring ball with him now. Hey, they have Joe Critchlow with spring ball and three games from last season and, and, then, high, and high, high school. Last season. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do you, you evaluate Joe Critchlow based solely on what you saw him do in spring? You could watch 2015, Tanner Mangum. That exactly. Wasn't, that wasn't last year. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I feel like Jeff Grimes wants the coaches to watch. The BYU quarterbacks 
when they were doing things right to try and isolate what they're best at. So maybe it is watching Tanner Mangum in 2015. Well, why was he successful? Let's go back and watch what happened in 2015. I don't know. What do the coaches watch? Our, our, and you brought it up. Our seasons before the last one, fair game. I believe it should matter what you've done in the past. Like, when you evaluate a person's character, what have they done and what are they doing? We've all made mistakes, right? I'm talking like life and those mistakes. I'm also talking about football and those mistakes on the field. That matters. Like, what are you capable of in doing good things and bad things? I think that you need to know what those are. I understand why Jeff Grimes doesn't want to taint the visual pool, if you will, by well, watching last year. it's an entirely different offense. Like, I understand right. that part. But they played football. Like, he's, he, I, I can't imagine a CEO showing up in a business being like, I have no idea what you guys have done. I'm just going to ignore the past. It's like, well, that would give you a, a reference well, point for, if you wanted. For one year, though. What if they've yeah. been successful all years except for the last? So you just throw out the last year and then go back to the rest of the past? I think you need to take it into account. But ultimately, what you are is what you're doing now. Not what you've done before, not you, what you plan on doing or even say you'll do. You are what you do right now. There's no disagreement to that. So BYU's quarterbacks are what they did in spring ball, but more importantly, what they're doing in fall camp. So if in fall camp, Jaron Hall is by far the best quarterback, he should be the starter. But the chances of that aren't high, right? The chances are that the three guys... Now that Bo Hodge is playing another position, that more on that in a moment, is that it's going to be Tanner Mangum or Joe Critchlow for one and two, and then Zach Wilson's your three. It like it mat every stinking rep starting Thursday matters a lot in the evaluation of who the guy's going to be. Like this is a really compelling fall camp coming up. Again, I'm going to go back to what Aaron Roderick told us, whether it was three months ago or not, and that is. Tanner Mangum, based on what he's done, which would mean that Aaron Roderick is referencing the past, yeah. has earned the right to have a closer look at being the starting quarterback. Otherwise, they would have named Joe Critchlow the guy already. Exactly. And Ed Lamb kind of already did. There is some <laughs> reference to the past. Now, keep in mind that Joe Critchlow is an Ed Lamb guy. Yes, I think there's some recruiting bias there. Right? Joe like he's Critchlow the one that is at BYU because of Ed Lamb. Yes. Come on. We got to be real. Yes. I, I brought these up too. Joe Critchlow was a freshman. I'm going to give him, you know, some games to mess up. Losing to UMass at home, though, is quite the blemish, right? Joe Critchlow has really got to show that he's the guy and that he's taking some serious step forward. Uh, obviously, playing your true freshman year, you're going to make some major mistakes. And Joe Critchlow never even intended on playing last year. He won two of the three games he started. Yes, I would say that Squally Canada beat UNLV with 213 yards. I would say Squally was the primary reason BYU won. He probably beat Hawaii, too, with a good performance and in the first half. And probably beat Hawaii. You know, um, he lead the game early. But. Jo- but Joe's got time to develop in spring and now in fall camp, right? To me, though, if Tanner Mangum's not the starter... That's an indictment on Tanner. He's a senior, national freshman of the year, elite 11 guy. He should be the starter. Not the walk-on from Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, you can develop later. But if Tanner Mangum's not the guy, that's, that tells me something. I think Tanner Mangum should be the guy. I'll say this much. He's Ed a senior, Lam- too. Let's Ed go. Ed Lamb is not the only coach on the staff that feels strongly that yes. Joe Critchlow there's, is the best quarterback. There's a coach in spring that told us that Joe Critchlow is is – 
the guy and his man. In a recent article featuring some eye-opening clarity from the aforementioned assistant head coach Ed Lamb, we learned that explorations are underway for BYU junior quarterback. Well, he was a quarterback. Bo Hodge to play other positions. Bo Hodge. What positions or position would you like to see Bo Hodge play? Hearing running back. I think it's weird that you're going to throw the guy in that had two concussions last season at running back. I think that's kind of weird. Bo's dad, Merrill, retired from the NFL because of concussions. Excessive amount, right? I Yeah, that makes sense, okay? Without sacks, Hodge had uh, in his career has 24 carries for 75 yards, 3.1 a carry. It's not as a running back, but those, those aren't eye-popping. Just for a reference, Taysom Hill, like the greatest runner at quarterback, 5.1 without sacks. What if it's receiver for Bo Hodge? He, he caught 22 passes for 375 yards and three touchdowns as a junior. Okay, Athletic, fast, can be a mismatch for linebackers, perhaps even safeties. Ultimately, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that he's not getting a shot at quarterback. Maybe it's just too bundled up there. The dude threw 35 touchdown passes as a senior, ran for 24. Like His athleticism is unquestioned. So what's the best place to put him? Is it BYU loaded at running back? Or perhaps they don't have the like elite number one, or maybe he's a wildcat-ish guy, comes in in the red zone. I'm, I'm not sure. Is he a, a more effective Austin Kofensis type in this offense? I don't know. I want Bo Hodge inside the five-yard line as BYU's red zone quarterback. Call it the Wildcat whatever. But because he's played quarterback, you have to respect his arm in that situation. It's not going to be 99% a run or maybe a jump pass. Okay, A jump pass. I love it. Bo Hodge can throw the ball. So can he be the inside the five or even inside the 10-yard line quarterback for BYU in those situations where a defense has to respect his ability to not just run, but also throw the ball, to scramble around and make a play. Back to Harleen happened because of shuffling, 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 shuffling. Yeah, because they dropped nine. Bo Hodge, okay, Ed Lamp said, he didn't say different position or other position. He said positions. Yes, so where is Bo Hodge? I don't think BYU knows quite yet. Running back and wide receiver? Like, you're going to get the ball in his hands? Because quarterback in the red zone is not an other position. So what else is Bo Hodge doing is the question. I, I'd be surprised if he's not at least a running back. I just think it's a little weird given the concussion history. I honestly like the Urban Meyer with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow format at Florida in 2006. Where Why not just make Bo the starter then? Chris Leak's the quarterback, but then Tim Tebow comes in in goal line situations and you got to respect if he's going to throw Tebow, or if he's going to run. Well, he couldn't throw very well as a freshman when he was doing that. He could make he, enough plays with his arm that you couldn't bank on 100% this is going to be a run. I want Bo Hodge to be that guy for BYU. I want him to play quarterback still in, in certain situations. If he's that respectful in that situation, just make him the starter. No, it's different. It's different. It's it's a schematic thing. It's a it's a gimmick. Use him in a gimmick formation inside the five yard line. But the question is, what other positions is he playing? Like, is he is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Well, it, technically, if it's the Wildcat and he's running, then he is a running back, right? Well, what if he's sort of the quarterback there? Yeah. Is it, I, the running he, he back becomes all, the maybe a slot receiver. I would, you but, could argue that the first player that touches the ball is the quarterback. 
whether that he's plays that position regularly or, or I think, not. I think that's where his strength is. is he can ha- just be a running Having the ball in his hands as a wildcat type quarterback. Is it, but that's not what Ed is inferring. Ed I'm is not inferring saying that, that he's that, playing running back The question back is receiver. what position do you want him to play? I'm not saying that's what Ed is inferring. I'm, I'm telling you what I want him to do. Yeah. I think uh, Ed is referring to playing running back or, or wide receiver. I don't, I don't see where else you'd play him. On defense, he'd be more prone to get his – his uh, head knocked around, right? So I think it's an offensive position. Well, you play slot receiver, you're also in a position to get your head knocked around. Yeah, just not as much as running back. Our question of the day. Speaking, we're, I mean, we are on the quarterback train. How much should pass performance play into naming this season's starting quarterback for BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. It shouldn't at all. They should pick the person that best fits the offense, that being the new Jeff Grimes offense. I think the coaching staff is already moving this direction by not looking at last year's film. I'm trying to think in what walk of life you would just completely ignore the past with someone and just evaluate them in the current. Like, I, I listen, forgive but not forget, right? Like, we can forgive the blemishes of the offense of the past. I ain't forgetting what certain people did, right? But hopefully you move on, you get better, you get perhaps a scheme that fits you better, and you thrive. That's the hope with all of these guys. But mainly, whoever the starter is, because they're the one playing. Can they isolate things from Tanner Mangum specifically in the past that correlate to what Jeff Grimes wants to do? Then maybe they can rely on some of that past footage. You better believe they're watching 2015. Or high school footage from Zach Wilson that correlates with what Jeff Grimes wants to do, right. Joe Critchlow. I, yes, but maybe later, right? Like The time's not right now for Zach Wilson. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Coming up, Yahoo Sports' Jeff Eisenberg joins us. Does he think there's a place in the NBA for Jimmer Fredette? And next, this is not a drill. We found time for BYU tight end great and Super Bowl winner Dennis Pitta. Yep, he's on the show next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Once fall camp begins, there's no time for Dennis. I just want to make that clear, okay? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Behind the mic is back tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Greg Rubel has athletic director Tom Homo and head coach Kalani Satake. Don't miss the season debut of Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel coming up tomorrow night at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back. Our conversation always open on social media. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, whenever, wherever you want to converse with us. We've been talking about the ideal timeline for BYU to have their new starting quarterback in place for the 2018 season. I can 100% guarantee you, Jerem, that that guy will be in place by September 1st. I would hope so. Countdown to the Wildcats. 32 days. 32. We're getting close. One month from tomorrow. (gasps) Wonderful. One month from tomorrow. 32 days away. BYU opening the 2018 NCAA football season in Tucson against the Arizona Wildcats out of the mighty Pac-12. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. This is not a drill, people. This is real. Dennis Pitta. BYU tight end great, Super Bowl champion in the NFL is back with us on the show. Dennis, welcome back to BYUSN. Hey, guys. 
I am just elated that we finally found time to get me on here. <laughs> Listen, once fall camp starts, I, we're going to be pretty busy. So I think that you should cherish this. Jeremy, I hope you don't have a terrible mustache still as we speak. No, I shaved it. I shaved it. For, okay, you, for you, mainly. Like, I was like, okay. You know what gives me a lot of satisfaction right now? Huh. Knowing that every time you have to drive by the stadium, you now have to look up <laughs> at a giant picture of me. Who'd you pay off to get up there, dude? I had, I had to pull a lot of strings, but... There was one thought in mind getting me up on that stadium is Jerem having to drive by. Hopefully yeah. you have to drive by each day you come into work. I don't Hopefully drive by that, route. luckily. I, well, even uh, if I did, I would change my route. <laughs> and you know I would. You did it, Dennis. You, you did, did it. You did it, Congratulations. Man. You got on the stadium and you got on the show. You win. Hey, Thank what, you. By the way, Thank when you. did you find out that you were on a banner? How, how did you find out about that? Uh, well, Tom Homo reached out to me probably a few months ago and just asked me if, if I'd be okay with it. Um, you know, because there's branding and stuff like that. And uh, I think Desert, the Desert First Credit Union's part of that whole thing. So they had to get my okay with it. And, uh, you know, I was okay with it. Me looking down on Jerem every time he drives by the stadium, that's a huge positive for me. <laughs> Your head's never been bigger, Dennis, literally. <laughs> never. It never has. And, and uh, I believe it's Mountain America Credit Union, just so we make sure we're good. There. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Accuracy has never been your strong head. point, Dennis. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 32 days away from Arizona, but more importantly, we're breaking down the quarterback situation. You went into uh, the 07 season in a spring ball where there was a competition, but you came out of that knowing that it was Max. It was Max Hall, Kate Cooper transfers, Brendan Gaskin stays on. He's like, I'm going to be the backup. It's all good. What, what do you think it's like for these guys now in your experience in football, not knowing who the starting quarterback is going into a fall camp? Well, it's the most important position in football, and so all eyes will be on these quarterbacks. And you mentioned 2007. We had those three quarterbacks. Uh, we didn't know who was going to be the starter, but early on in camp, it was easy to tell who the best quarterback was out of those three. And, uh, I mean, Max was just head and shoulders, in my opinion, uh, more talented and a little bit better than those guys. And I have a ton of respect for, for those guys. Brennan Gaskins will probably give me a hard time now for saying that, but um, – you know, it, it was pretty clear, even though they hadn't named a starter right away, it was clear who that starter was going to be. So I think early on in camp, they're going to know uh, who the guy's going to be. And listen, Tanner hasn't been there all of the offseason. He's done some individual stuff, and I know he's been in there a little bit, but this is when we're really going to see what he's made of. He's in great shape um, from all accounts and everything I've heard. He looks great. And so, you know, it'll be an interesting race, and it's going to be certainly one that, that everybody will be paying attention to. At what point did Max Hall take that starter role and then take on the major leadership role that he had for BYU football? Well, I think Max is one of the best leaders I've ever played with, and I've played with some really good leaders. But Max was a leader on the field. He was a leader off the field. He was a leader um, in the weight room. He was a leader in every aspect of the game. And, you know, it made it easy for us because we could just fall in line. And he was so competitive and wanted to win so bad. And every time we took the field, we knew that we were getting his best effort and that we better give him our best effort because that's what he demanded. And so that's what great leaders are about. You better give them your best effort, and they demand that. And so um, I think you have to have that out of the quarterback position. So hopefully one of these guys will step up. Hopefully one will emerge early in camp, and they can take that leadership role because Having a leader at quarterback is essential. And when you don't, your team's not going to be very good. That's just the reality of the situation. 
Jason Shepard uh, is tweeting and driving, which is super dangerous. Uh, but he just, he just tweeted, I'm literally driving by this right now, and it's a picture of you at the stadium. So, yeah, Jason's, <laughs> Jason's all over it. Okay, we've, we've been talking about the timing of when BYU should figure out who the guy is. Like, how quickly do you think BYU needs to figure that out here with three weeks to go fall camp and one week of prep for Arizona? Well, you don't have a lot of time, but I think it's not a decision you can force. I think it has to happen somewhat organically over the first few weeks of, the, of training camp. And so, you know, you, you hope that early on a guy emerges. Like in our case in 2007, Max was clearly the guy coming out of those first few weeks. And so it was easy for the coaches to name a, a guy and for us to get behind that guy. Um, but you never know. Uh, a lot of times in these quarterback battles, one guy doesn't emerge, and it makes it really difficult for coaches and players and everybody to get behind somebody. And, uh, and I think if that's the case, it's going to be difficult for this team to, to do well, especially early on. If you were to pick a starting quarterback right now and project that, okay, he's going to be the guy on September 1st for Arizona, who is it for BYU? Well, for me, I think well, it's, it's a difficult question because you have Joe Critchlow, who I think they look at right now as number one on their depth chart, simply because he was the guy at the end of last year who finished the season as the starter. Also, the offseason, I think he was looked at as the number one quarterback. And so going into training camp, that's probably where he's going to be. Now, I'd be surprised if Tanner Mangum didn't really push him for that number one spot. Um, but then you have to look at Zach Wilson. I think he potentially has the biggest upside of all of them, just because of his age, where he's at in his career, uh, his size, his arm, all of those different things. So it's going to be interesting. I think, I think it's Joe Critchlow, and I think everybody else has to kind of push him and, and try and earn their spot beyond that. So we'll see how it plays out. Are you retired or what? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question and very eloquently put. <laughs> I, uh, I have, I'll put it this way. I have as good of a shot as Jerem of playing in the NFL next year. So no shot. Take, okay. it, yeah. take that as you wish. Yeah. Okay. But you haven't announced, like, I'm done. We wanted to do this, like, emotional Sarah McLaughlin, I will remember you montage with Dennis Pitta highlights. <laughs> and we can't do it until you say, I'm done. You know, I, I don't know if I'm – well, if you're expecting that moment, you're probably not going to get it. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to be calling a, a press conference to announce my retirement. I think if I did that, everybody would be like, well, didn't he retire like a year ago? <laughs> you could do so, it right now on the show, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But I think officially, I don't know if I'm officially retired. I think by the NFL standards, if you're out one year, a full year, which I have been now as of last month, uh, they put you into the retirement status. So I might be in that, in that grouping now. So you can call me retired. In the meantime, you are calling eight games as a broadcast personality for the Baltimore Ravens, which you seem to really enjoy, and we want to get your insight into a couple of former BYU guys on the Ravens roster right now. What kind of chance, first of all, does Kai Nakua have to make Baltimore's 53-man roster? Well, first and foremost, I have just so much respect for you guys that I want to follow in your footsteps in whatever you're doing. <laughs> So that's Aspire why I higher. ventured into this broadcast. That's right. That's why I ventured in this broadcasting role. Um, and yeah, fortunately, I, I do get to do some more games this year and continue that. And it's been a lot of fun. And 
and it allows me to stay connected to the team and to everybody and kind of keep up with what's going on. So I'm actually doing a game uh, this week. We played in the Hall of Fame game against the Bears on Thursday, so I fly to Canton, Canton, Ohio tomorrow, and uh, and I'll do that game. So we'll get a good look at, at Kainakua and Bronson and all those guys. Um, but I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how their camp plays out because um, from what I've heard, Bronson's playing a little bit different role in that defense. You know, the Ravens' defense has always been a 3-4 defense, a little bit of a modified 3-4, and he's playing a little bit more of a stand-up linebacker from what I've heard. And, uh, you know, they want to get him on the edge a little bit more, allow him to use his pass rush ability. He's always kind of played that five technique in that in that defense, which is more on the interior. And so they're trying to see how versatile he is in, in some of those roles. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out through the preseason. But um, Kainaku is a guy who, you know, he's really a wild card in this roster. I think his best shot to make the team is in special teams. And if he's able to be a consistent contributor, he will definitely make that roster. And listen, I, I, I think Kai's a really talented player, and I wouldn't be surprised if through the preseason he really impresses some people in that building and makes a name for himself as a, as a safety as well. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, thank you for making time for us. That was the real <laughs> issue. It wasn't us. It was you. Yeah. You guys have been putting on a front like, I'm trying to get in there and you don't have time for me, but it's really been the other way around. And we're working on a 40-foot banner for Jerem to hang up in Studio B as well. My head's big when enough. When they take it down from the stadium, Jerem, I'll give that I'll give that to you. You can hang it off the back of your house. Oh, yeah, I'll hang it off the back of my house. <laughs> that would be epic. Dennis, great stuff, man. Hey, enjoy uh, the trip to Canton, Ohio, and have a great call. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Dennis Pitt on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We don't, still, have, to, we don't have to say sorry to him today. Still, that's true. Uh, sorry for the audience. They had to listen to that. But he's not retired yet. Are you done or not? Come on, uh, man. Just announce it. Your, your, your Mr. Technicality is showing right there, right? Listen, does he want to get that 401k from the NFL or not? you got to <laughs> declare, dude. Coming up. I get a piece of that, he told me. That's why I'm anxious. The role Jimmer Fredette has played in the development of NBA rookie Trey Young. Hey, they worked out together in La Iglesia. LDS Church, right? Some pickup ball. And Lauren McLean takes us behind the scenes at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as we go between the lines. Did she find dinosaur bones, though? Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. After further reviews, back on BYE TV, Tuesdays at 7 Eastern, starting August 7th. Next week, baby, David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football like nobody else as we get ready for fall camp and the season. We rolling on, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, on demand, anytime, anywhere. And with no further ado, here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football players and coaches report to fall camp tomorrow. We invite you to stay with us on BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation for all access, reports, and interviews from practices throughout the entirety of BYU football fall camp. We have you covered like nobody else. Thursday and Friday, 8 Eastern is when the interviews begin. You can check those out on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. ESPN.com's Rob Domovsky reports Jamal Williams is getting the majority of first-team reps at Packers training camp. 
Williams led the team with 556 rushing yards last season. I think he's just as dangerous as a receiver out of the backfield as well. So he's the Bo Hodge of the Packers? Stop it. Former Cougar wide receiver Colby Pearson has signed a free agent contract with the Atlanta Falcons as of yesterday. Pearson spent a portion of last season on the Green Bay Packers practice squad after being signed as an undrafted free agent. Good luck to Colby. And ESPN released new basketball power index rankings. BYU's number 32. After finishing last season, number 82. I'll take it. A 50-spot jump. Who knows? Who knew that Elijah Bryant leaving would mean 50? That makes no sense to Hey, me. guess where Gonzaga is, Jerem? Number two. Yeah. St. Mary's, 54. Non-conference opponents highly ranked include 11th, uh, number 11, Nevada. Number 17, Mississippi State. Number 48, Houston. Utah State, number 71. And Utah not in the top 100. No Pac-12 team. In the top one, in the top one hundred, did, did I see that correctly? There's no way that's right. What? No Pac-12 team? Maybe no, Arizona? Come on, there's got to be somebody in the Pac-12 in the top one hundred. Yeah, I, get our I crack research. I, I think staff someone tweet. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think someone tweeted that. I don't out. believe I'm not, that. I'm not sure that's correct. I don't think that's truth. Yeah, speaking of number 32, where BYU is in the Basketball Power Index, we are 32 days away from BYU football opening the season in Arizona, but 39 days away until the first game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And with that, we bring in Lauren Frankham McLean into Studio B. Two weeks in a row, I've gotten that correct. Hey, I believe everything people tweet out, but just for the record, (laughs) everything that's on the internet is true. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. But anyway, what's up? Oh, hey. I mean, we're here. We are ready to roll 39 days away from the home opener for BYU football. I jokingly challenge you to find out about dinosaur bones. Listen, we we didn't... Did you learn about dinosaur bones? No. We didn't... I found out it was true, which blew my mind because I legitimately did not know that. We did a few digging. We did a little digging in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We didn't find any more. So we (laughs) we just stuck with Lavelle Edwards Stadium itself. I wanted to take a tour because... I'd never been there before, and I wanted to bring the fans with me. And I got hyped for the football season. With that said, let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Welcome to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're going to take you to some places that most of you have never been before. Let's go. We're going to start out here on this beautiful field on this beautiful day. You'll notice over here on the sideline, it is turf. But once you step foot on the field, it becomes beautiful grass. You'll notice right now in the preseason, there are no lines on the field that you see on game day. All you can see is a few people running stairs and them cleaning off the bleachers. Where I'm standing right now will be the blue zone come game day inside the 20 yard line. And right over here on my shoulder will be the end zone. This might be a view that you're a little more familiar with. This is the fan section where you have viewed many great moments in BYU history. Imagine being a player playing in this stadium, a sea of blue and white everywhere, people screaming your name. There is nothing like the tradition here at BYU. This is the rock that when the team is running out of the locker room about to go on the field, they touch this for good luck. Come in here with me. We are in the locker room. Before the blood, sweat, and tears, this is where the guys gather to make sure they are prepared. This is the Cougar Room, a.k.a. 
the pregame reception center for the Cougar Club. Right here at this podium, they usually have a noteworthy speaker coming to speak to all these wonderful people. Proper credentials required, no exceptions. Let's go. Here we are. At this place. This is the President's Loge. So unless you are Kevin J. Worthen or one of his entourage, I know you haven't been up here. I want this view every game. Well, mischief managed. This is where they control the audio for the stadium and also the video board. This is the press level or the working level and we're going to go into here where the PA announcer resides during the game. You think you'd have a little bit bigger room. Since its construction in 1964, this venue has given fans a lot to cheer for. And now, at 54 years old, the tradition, the spirit, and the honor of BYU football still thrive within Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And to donate to BYU, call 1-800... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it totally had that feel. It'd be 801 It totally had that feel. But that was awesome. That was awesome to be able to go be behind the scenes. I've yeah, never yeah. been in the Pluralsense Loge before. It's pretty nice, right? Yeah. It should be nice for the press. Apparently, that's where like the general authorities sit and... Mm. And the seats are a lot nicer. Yeah. Your, your, your lack of a seat is pretty good at the stadium. No, yeah. You're I'm not field, complaining. Baby. In November, it's not I'm on the fun. turf part of the field. It's September and October. Yeah. It's oh, no, it's a good time. So, so, guys, next week on Between the Lines, we are doing Journey to the Y with Taylor Mon from the men's basketball team. He's a walk-on. So, as we hike the Y, we're going to talk about his journey to the Y. Look for Kyle so Collinsworth up there. Yeah, Kyle Collinsworth. Shirtless Kyle Collinsworth will be hiking as well, <laughs> with, with, more than likely. With really short shorts. I'm yes. not going to look for that. Yes. But, yes. but anyway, good stuff. Lauren, thanks. Thanks, guys. I'm excited for you to learn about the dinosaurs still. We'll chat later about that. <laughs> Coming up, a former Cougar head coach calls it a career. And Jimmer Mania is back. The basketball tournament, we can thank for that. But doesn't mean he'll get another shot at the NBA. It's acronyms on BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. <laughs> NASA. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Behind the mic, the season debut is tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Host Greg Rebell has athletic director Tom Homo and head coach Kalani Satake in studio. So it's a big one. Check it out tomorrow night, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. One month from football as of tomorrow. It's beautiful. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUS and rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you missed Dennis Pitta and Jerem Jordan throwing shots across the bow at each other, download the podcast. I promise you it'll be worth it. Was it was way better than uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Question of the day. How much should past performance play into naming this season's starting quarterback for BYU? Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to answer that. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, guest number two of today's show is Jeff Eisenberg, college basketball insider and expert for Yahoo Sports. Jeff, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. 
We really enjoyed the article on Yahoo.com yesterday about the relationship between Jimmer Fredette and Trey Young, how they are alike, and why their career paths may be different. Why do you feel like after talking with them that their career paths will be so very different? Well, I, I think that uh, one of the big things is is that Jimmer came into such a uh, dysfunctional, unstable situation in uh, in Sacramento. Um, you had a team that was looking to move, a team that made a coaching change uh, seven games into his NBA career. Um, I'm not sure the new staff was uh, either as committed to him or as sure how to use him as uh, might have been ideal for him. Whereas, uh, you know, Trey goes somewhere in Atlanta that uh, just sacrificed a whole lot to get him in the draft. They uh, uh, passed on Luka Doncic, who uh, I think a lot of people thought they uh, would have taken at number three uh, in order to trade down to get Trey Young. It looks like they want to put the ball in his hands. And and then also some of the differences between Jimmer and Trey. One, uh, you know, Trey is quite a bit younger when he had uh, that special season compared to uh, to Jimmer. And also, they are different players in the regard of, I, I think Trey is an elite passer, has amazing court vision, and, uh, you know, there's really no reason to not play him at point guard, whereas uh, the NBA moved Jimmer off ball uh, in most of the stops that he played. And, you know, I do think Jimmer is an underrated passer, but there's a difference between being an underrated passer and an elite passer. And I think Trey is more uh, elite in that area. Jimmer Fredette certainly in the news now. And in your article, you uh, posted a video, embedded a video of Trey Young training at uh an LDS uh, gym, uh, the chapel, where there's a basketball court together, which is kind of fun for all the uh, BYU fans to see. Jim Fredette in the news with the basketball tournament now. Do you think that uh, Jimmer's done anything for his stock, or is this just a summer fling of Jimmer mania, and then he'll go back to China? I mean, I think he's reminded people how good he is, you know, just by uh, being seen on American TV again and, uh, you know, certainly playing against high-level competition and faring extremely well. Uh, the, the one thing is, is is the concern with Jimmer was, like, when you when you play him in the NBA, he can't play the role that he did at BYU or he can't play the role that he's playing at the tournament, which is, you know, kind of that, that one-man catalyst, the guy who creates uh, most everything for his team, whether it's for himself or for his teammates. I, I don't think that an NBA team will, will take him to play that role. And I, I think he would need to find a way to fit in with an NBA team. And then also the defensive concerns that that remain uh, for him. Can he do enough on offense to uh, offset the fact that, uh, you know, he's still uh, nobody's idea of a lockdown defender. So I, I certainly think he's helped himself, but, you know, being 29 years old, uh, when the league is looking mostly for prospects to be, uh, to, to put at the end of their bench, um, I, I think it's an uphill battle for him, and I think it's more likely that uh, he would play in China this year and then uh, you know, decide does it make sense to uh, stay in China or uh, try to go to the EuroLeague or something like that uh, overseas uh, in, in years to come. Jeff Eisenberg, college basketball insider and writer for Yahoo Sports with us on BYU Sports Nation. Looking at it from a BYU typical fan perspective, they see – Okay, he's a really good three-point shooter, and he wants to play in a league that is dominated by the three-point shot. And if we're being honest, guys like James Harden don't play a lot of defense. So why can't Jimmer Fredette find a role, even if it's not as a starter, as a guy that has the ball in his hands and score some points coming off the bench for 15 to 18 minutes a night? 
I think that's possible to be perfectly honest. Like I, I do think if he found the right situation that he could be a scorer off the bench for uh, for an NBA team. And, you know, I think that, that what he's done in the tournament has certainly showed that he's still capable of that. With that said, like if you look at what three point shooters are in the NBA, you, you see a lot of guys who are spot up shooters who are three and D guys. And that's just not Jimmer. Like he's not going to be the guy who's going to be a, a catch and shoot specialist. He's not going to be the guy that you can uh, bring into, uh, you know, knock down a corner three and play lockdown defense. That's not him. He's just a very a traditional player, which is part of what makes him so much fun to watch. But I, I think he needs the ball in his hands a lot in order to, uh, um, you know, to be as effective and in order to be the Jimmer that we all know, and we've all loved uh, watching. And so that takes an NBA team, you know, committing to maybe have him be kind of like the, the leader of their second unit and to uh, entrusting him with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, for their second unit and living with the uh, defensive consequences of that decision. And uh, again, I, I think that that's possible. And I think the Jimmer could even thrive in that role in the NBA but it takes someone uh, being willing to take that gamble. And after things uh, started going south for him a little bit in his uh, NBA career, I don't think anyone was willing to uh, to do that when uh, he got those second and third and fourth chances uh, in Chicago and in New Orleans and uh, in San Antonio. Jeff, it's been fun to watch Jimmer kind of do his thing. We know it's not the NBA, but it's kind of this you know side tournament, the basketball tournament. It's been fun for BYU fans to watch a couple of these former Cougars on the same team. What do you think it is about Jimmer, even in 2018, seven years after that incredible senior se- season, that still makes his, him this fun, likable, viral character? I mean, I, I think it's the style of play as much as anything. I think it's I think it's two things. I think you know, one, he's obviously a great guy off the court. The uh, and so I think that makes him easy to embrace, but more than anything, you know, it's the 30 foot threes. It's the, uh, you know, willingness to uh, drive into traffic and, uh, you know, finish with some of those uh, acrobatic layups that he does. It's just the aggression that he shows his ability to, uh, you know, pile up points quickly. He's just fun to watch. And when you, uh, you know, combine that charismatic game on the court with, uh, you know, his personality off the court, I, I think there's a reason that, uh, people still enjoy watching him. I know, you know, I, I probably would have watched a few minutes here and there of the, uh, the basketball tournament, no matter what, but I found myself more interested when Jimmer was on the screen than some of the other games. Uh, so I, I don't think that there's an accident for that. Yeah, you're not alone in that for sure. And we are certainly enjoying watching Jimmer Fredette play in the basketball tournament. We enjoyed your article as well, Jeff. Uh, we look forward to more from you at Yahoo Sports. Thanks for the time today. You got it. Thank you. Jeff Eisenberg, college basketball insider for Yahoo Sports on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. So last summer, Trey Young, fifth pick in the draft out of Oklahoma, drafted by the Mavericks, straight to the Hawks, is training in a chapel gym uh, at a church with Jimmer Fredette and your boy Josh Perkins from Gonzaga was there as well. So that's a fun little... You're showing up for young men's, and all of a sudden you're like, who are these guys? <laughs> and then later you're like, oh, there were two lottery picks. And Josh Perkins, At who was a fantastic that, that Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups. He is a fat t- he's a senior, right? Josh Perkins is still in school. Chauncey Billups, a native of Denver, I heard, also was kind of floating around that well, whole training in, regime. In years prior, there's been videos of those two working out. Yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. Can you imagine just showing up? You're like, oh, I have a Temple Trey. Recommend interview. There's Chauncey Billups. And Trey Young <laughs> and Josh Perkins and Jimmer Fredette. Awesome. Okay.
Now that's I'm here. Pick, for, that's pickup basketball. I'm here for the Cub Scout <laughs> committee meeting. Now that is pickup basketball. <laughs> yes, that's good stuff. Just kick it to me for three. Coming up, Colby Pearson finds a spot in the NFL. Which team picked him up? And more from Voice of the Nation. What is the ideal time to name a starting quarterback at BYU? They're dealing with that right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Jeff Eisenberg of Yahoo Sports, and a special thank you to Dennis Pitta and his elite banner at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. (laughs) For joining us today. If you missed any part of this compelling and rich program, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. <sighs> that word is so wonderful. The Cougars report to fall camp tomorrow. The first practice is Thursday, ending around 8 Eastern time. Full coverage on Facebook.com slash BYUTV Sports after practice. Cougars in the NFL. ESPN.com's Rob Domofsky reports Jamal Williams is getting the majority Jamal. of the first-team reps at Green Bay Packers training camp. Williams led the Packers with 556 rushing yards last season. And former Cougar Colby Pearson signs with the Atlanta Falcons. Pearson joins a large group of Falcon receivers, 13 guys looking for seven spots on the 53-man roster. Basketball. ESPN released new basketball power index rankings. BYU number 32 after finishing last season at number 82. West Coast Conference foe Gonzaga, number two. St. Mary's, 54. Non-conference opponents are highly ranked, including Nevada at number 11, 17th Mississippi State, number 48 Houston, and Utah State at number 71. We have clarification on the Pac-12. No Pac-12 teams inside the top 40, only one in the top 50. But several in the top 100. Uh, Former BYU basketball head coach Tony Ingle announced his retirement from coaching. Ingle was on the coaching staff from 89 to 97. He won a D2 title and an NAIA title later after BYU. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com Tony Engel, interim head coach, longtime assistant here. Congratulations on a wonderful career. Talk about a guy that took over an impossible situation at BYU. Yeah. Holy And then God. didn't get to stay for it. Our elite voice of the day <laughs> answering is Jake Arcamp on Twitter. One of the great things about a new offensive staff is they're able to look at everything with a fresh set of eyes. No preconceived notions about last year or years prior. Pick the guy who gives you the best chance to win now and be confident he'll get the job done. Get it done. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to number 32, Mike Haig. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Mike Haig, nice pull.